0: You're listening to Wiretap with Jonathan Goldstein on CBC Radio 1 and Sirius Satellite Radio 137. Today's episode, Buzz, pick up the phone, the best of season five.
1: Did I ever tell you the story of when I met a guy who may have been a messiah?
2: No, no, you haven't. I'm. It was kind of a powerful experience I had this one time. I'm, I'm a little surprised, I must say. I don't necessarily think of you as being someone who thinks that they met the Messiah, being that kind of guy. I think it's
1: a testament to what kind of guy I am, that I didn't quit my job and put on a pair of purple flip-flops and join a cult and start following this guy around. I mean, I met him.
2: Okay, so explain to me. So what were the circumstances in which you met this would-be Messiah?
1: Well, it's going to sound a little peculiar in the retelling, but I was actually putting on skis in a ski lodge. I look over at this guy wearing a white flowing robe with long, angelic hair.
2: He was wearing a white robe?
1: Maybe it was a white ski suit. I don't know. Uh It was robe-like. Okay. I just remember distinctly thinking at the time, after I left and I was out doing my business, I thought to myself, wow, that guy was kind of like the Messiah. Wow. With the right brand rollout, I think we could have reached a multinational audience, and he could have delivered the message.
2: Wait, what are you talking about? You thought like you were in the presence of a, a, a possible Messiah?
1: Exactly. No, but that's
2: not what you're saying. You're saying that you you think you could have marketed this guy as a messiah. I I don't see what the difference is. I mean, if
1: an actual messiah comes, the messiah, a messiah, a guy who could have been the messiah, it's not like his message is going to automatically, magically come across. It's just like any other product, you've got to tell people
2: what to think. Well, don't you think that showing up on Earth and bringing, you know, world peace, that would be enough?
1: Peace is about the least exciting thing you could possibly do as a messiah. I mean, it's, it's... important. Don't get me wrong. I like peace as much as the next one. Right. But peace is what? The chirping birds and some crickets and some butterflies? I mean, get out of here. Who's even going to notice? With all due respect, you're just making yourself sound ignorant. I mean, I... if you really want to make a splash, you've got to come in with something like a massive, massive explosion, only an explosion of peace. That's why I'm thinking like you'd want to have something on the scale of maybe you blow up the moon or something like that, and you have a huge light show in the sky.
2: <laughs> what are you laughing about? <laughs> You're suggesting that 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 to kind of celebrate the Messiah's arrival, you would <laughs> you would blow up the moon.
1: <laughs> you know, you better watch the laughter, son. You're going to get smited. I'm talking about something to get people's attention. What is the moon?
2: What, what could possibly get people's attention more than the arrival of the Messiah?
1: Blowing up the moon. What are you, so jaded? You don't think blowing up the moon is going to get people's attention? I know what audiences want, and believe me, if you said on, like, Tuesday night at 8 o'clock I'm blowing up the moon, you would have a massive, massive tune-in audience.
2: And you don't think that the Messiah showing up to Earth would be enough? The, re- know, the revelation of the Messiah, you know, I the Golden it's, Age, it's absolutely
1: illuminating
2: something. the divine within everyone.
1: It's definitely something. But you ride down, like, say, a nine-mile-long Cadillac made of gold into the ocean. You blow up the moon, and then you get all the fish sap dancing. And then, believe me, at that point, it's called making an entrance. Then you get people's attention. Mm -hmm. If you just showed up in the middle of Times Square in your socks and underwear and said, I'm the Messiah, and even if you were, people would walk right past you, believe me. They Mm -hmm. might throw a coin at your cup or something, but believe me, no one's going to pay attention. The point is, you'd want to put together one of these super groups, like a Broadway review. You know, in the end of the show, when they all come out on stage and sing one song together. I think when the Messiah comes here, the story goes that he's supposed to bring back the dead, right? Mm-hmm. So, and picture that: Wait, picture you... a stage with Julius Caesar and Socrates and Abe Lincoln and Dwight Eisenhower, all of them on stage with you two singing, like you know, "We Shall Overcome." <laughs> you know, and you you bring back all these dead people, like Frank Sinatra and Liza Minnelli.
2: Wait a second. First, all of, well, first of all, Liza Minnelli's not even dead. The and... point is, you'd have no. a super group. So, okay, so fine. So once he makes his big, splashy appearance, then the what would come next?
1: Maybe some sightings in people, us. Uh, mm-hmm. Was that the Messiah scene, having an intimate dinner at the Ivy with Angelina Jolie? You slowly tease him. He goes from being just a handsome stranger to maybe like M. You give him a surname that just suggests who he is, so people are like... Wait,
2: did you say M?
1: I'm just thinking off the top of my head. Like but the like,
2: initial M for Messiah? Yeah. Yeah, but this, this isn't a new Batman movie coming out. I mean, we'd be talking... That's talk- where
1: you're dead wrong. I would say this is Batman. I'd say for opening night, you want to be able to project that single iconic image in the sky on the trace lights like a bat, and sooner or later you'd have pajamas with this icon all over it M? that you could sell in stores nationwide and you'd make hundreds of millions of dollars just in licensing. I mean,
2: y- I mean don't, don't you think this sounds, I don't know, like a, little, like a little chintzy? You don't get
1: it. You would do it by scotch taping a flyer to a telephone pole near your house, which you wrote in magic marker, I... and you'd hope that some people showed up to your garage sale. That is not the way to roll out a Messiah's return. This has got to be done right or not at all. You, you just have such a tiny view of the
2: world that, that you think— No, that's not—it's that's, the
1: opposite. Let me explain that... to you what we're talking about here. We're talking about the Messiah, right? And you yeah, want to handle but... this like roommate wanted on some posting with little rip-off tabs that you hang in the laundromat. I mean, do you want to play in the big leagues or not? This, this is not small potatoes. We're talking about the biggest possible announcement you could make, a game-changing night. Now, you tell me. Is that best handled with fireworks and a massive pneumatic stage with fog machines and smoke and lights and the whole thing? And, and what, what's your idea of an ideal launch? that you would serve cupcakes and juice and I mean, I'm not... your microphone be feeding back? And halfway through, they'd be checking their watches, and they'd wish the Messiah hadn't come. They'd wish they'd stayed home and watched that night's TV show. Well, what a terrible thing to say. Get it. No, you that... just don't get it. If the Messiah comes, I hope you don't get a chance to get your grubby little hands on it and ruin it for everyone. Ruin it for all humanity. And ruin everything for you. Hallelujah!
2: Of you and Dad, I mean, who do you think would have been more inclined to be tempted by the fruit of knowledge?
0: Daddy, for sure.
2: For sure? Uh-huh. Why do you say that?
3: Well, if you eat the apple, you get knowledge. Is that it?
2: Something like that. So
3: he cares about these things. I don't.
2: Well, you, What do you mean? You care about knowledge?
3: I could take it or leave it.
2: Is uh, is Dad at home?
3: Yeah, he's here. You want to speak to
2: him? Yeah, could you think he can maybe pick up the extension? He's in the basement, shall I call him? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Marcy, pick up the phone! Hello? It's Johnny. Dad? Yeah. Pick
2: up hey dad, how are you?
4: All right, how are you, Johnny? Good, Pick
2: good. Um I was just talking to mom about the Garden of Eden. Yeah. Um mom was saying that uh if you both were in the situation that Adam and Eve were in, yeah, that you you probably would have been the one who would have been more tempted by the snake.
4: Yes.
2: Well, let's just uh, enact a scenario here. Let's imagine you're Eve. Yeah. The snake has just uh, convinced you to eat the fruit of knowledge, and now you're going to mom Adam.
4: I'm Adam?
2: You're going to be Adam. Okay. Dad, you're going to be Eve. Okay. And you're going to try to convince her to also eat the fruit of knowledge. Okay. I'm Eve.
4: The snake approached me and offered me fruit of knowledge, and in the fruit of knowledge, we could live better.
3: I don't want any. Listen, I know enough.
4: We could go on vacations. We could know where the, the best buys there are in clothes,
3: Listen, where it is. I'm not interested we could in all
4: Plattsburgh. We could go to Plattsburgh. Wait,
2: wait, wait. Can I, keeping in mind again that you're living in the Garden of Eden, right? Paradise on Earth. You wouldn't necessarily be tempted to go to Plattsburgh.
3: Guess with the program.
2: Also, you there, probably there wouldn't be any clothes to shop for because you wouldn't be wearing clothing. It don't oh. make
4: sense. Oh, well, you want to live in this garden for the rest of your life? Absolutely. You want to eat it? You go eat it. No, you'll eat it with me. You go. I'm not interested. I just realized I can't walk around like this naked.
3: What are you getting? Roy Poloy, I is, like seeing you naked. Stop it's that. It's embarrassing. What's embarrassing?
4: It's embarrassing. I'm your husband. You it's can be naked in front of me. Humiliating. Oh,
3: stop that nonsense.
4: I want furs, nice furs and stoles around my neck with high heels. <laughs>
2: Okay, wait, now, Mom, if if you could uh, try and convince Dad to eat the fruit of knowledge.
3: Adam? Yes, What would you think about some knowledge?
4: Not interested.
3: How come? I'm
4: happy. I'm very content where I am now.
3: But an intelligent, bright, handsome man like you. Handsome? Oh, yes,
4: you are. And if you were... Like, what would I know? What would I do? What would I learn? I don't know. This is what
3: we have to find out.
4: I'm scared, Eve. This knowledge idea is scary.
3: Adam, you're so big and strong. I, I am. know you could do it.
4: You think so? Oh, absolutely.
3: Oh, absolutely.
4: give me a bite, sweetheart. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I've just got this hangover that just won't quit. It's like the whole day has just been a complete write-off. I just feel like I'm just never going to drink again.
5: Oh, no, no. I think you're actually taking away the wrong lesson. Meaning what? Which is I don't think that you should never drink again. I think that drinking can really be an extraordinarily liberating, creative thing. You think so? I am never particularly charming when I'm completely stone-cold sober because I'm a little shy. But when I've had a few drinks in me, something just blooms forth. There's a kind of a flowering.
2: I mean, you sure that isn't just sort of like a little bit of a crutch?
5: Oh, no, it's a definite crutch, but it's a completely proven successful crutch for me. Huh. I've, I've never g- gone to a job interview without a few drinks in me. Are you, are you kidding? No, I'm totally To
2: kidding. a job interview? Oh, yeah, 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 You're not talking about, like, getting together?
5: No, no, like, a, like please come to our offices at 9.30 with a resume.
2: In the 9.30 in the morning, like...
5: I don't drink normally at 9.30 in the morning. But in the way that you would use deodorant, it's like that kind of, you know what I mean? It's, it's a hygiene ritual almost, if I'm going into a job interview.
2: Wow. So you're talking like clean shirt, brush your hair, brush your teeth, shot at Jack Daniels.
5: I, I prefer gin. Like, uh, say, a little eight-ounce juice glass of gin.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: Oh, don't, oh, don't do that. Mm-hmm.
2: What I just I'm I'm taking in what you're telling me.
5: Look, I haven't gotten every job, but uh, it's a strategy that is very effective for me, and in fact, it's a strategy I'm about to employ again.
2: Well, you got a job interview coming up.
5: Yeah, it's um like a librarian at a photography archive. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a nice, quiet job where one could you know essentially grow old. Yeah. And truthfully, I don't trust myself as I am now to be the best representative of what I know I could bring to this job.
2: By which you mean sober?
5: Yeah. This is going to require, you know, like a 10 or 11-ouncer. I really don't want to go in unprepared.
2: Hey, would you want to actually put this theory of yours to the test, where we would do sort of like a dry run at your job interview?
5: With you right now?
2: Yeah. I, I could play the part of your employer in this way. You could sort of... Hone your chops. Okay, fine. In fact, I, I mean, I can actually, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here in the studio. I mean, it wouldn't be hard for me to even record it, you know, so that I could play it for you. And then, you know, maybe it could be a teaching tool. Maybe. A,
5: teacher, a, a teaching tool for you, maybe. I don't need teaching.
2: As a controlled experiment. I mean, maybe it would I, be interesting you know, for
5: you. I, look, look, uh, we can totally do this if only to prove to you that. Drinking isn't bad for every, you know that that it works for me.
2: I, well, you know, and,
5: but as God is my witness, it, it's going to work for me at this photography archive. Yeah, let's do it.
2: All right, fine.
5: Okay, what do we do? A dry run, and then and then I'll have my gin, and then you'll call me back. Is that how we do it?
2: Yes. Okay. So t- I'm gonna just uh, roll the tape here. Okay. Okay. So go ahead. You're walking into the room.
5: Uh, hello. How are you? Thank you for seeing me.
2: Thank thanks for coming in today.
5: Thank you for having me.
2: So how did how did you find out about this posting?
5: Uh, there was a, there was a, um, a listing on the, uh, pardon me, on the university, uh, website in the, um, Department of Photography. <sighs> okay, right. I saw it on, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this.
2: <sighs> really? I mean, even to just make believe, like, that gets you this uptight? See, tight? this is what happens. Would you, it's do you...
5: kind of problematic, and I need a little bit of help sometimes.
2: Okay, look, you go drink your gin... And, uh, what do you want me to call you back in, like, 15 minutes?
5: Um, give me half an hour.
2: A half an hour. Yeah. All-, all right.
5: Okay, bye. Hello?
2: Ian? Mm-hmm. H- h- okay, you, you, you ready, uh...
5: Yeah, I was just finishing up.
2: Okay, all right. Well, you feeling loose?
5: I'm uh, feeling okay, yeah. Uh, Hello?
2: All right, um, Ian, uh, have a seat. Come into my office.
5: Thank you very much.
2: And how did you find out about this posting?
5: I found out about it from the university website in the Department of Photography.
2: Oh. Thank you very much. Yes. Oh, uh, do, do you have a passion for photography? I have
5: a total passion for photography.
2: Oh, really? What, what photographers are you fond of?
5: I like very much Cartier-Bresson and oh. uh, Eisenstadt. No, what's his name? I'm George not... O'Keefe's boyfriend. What was his name? I'm but not. I can't remember.
2: A lot of this job is going to uh, is is going to involve uh, working on your own. Are you are you okay Love it. with? Love it. Yeah.
5: Love working on my own. Total self starter.
2: How are your organizational skills? Awesome. When you say awesome, w- uh,
5: what part of awesome don't you understand?
2: Well, uh, I'm, what experience do you have with this kind of work?
5: Well, I'm a. Grown up, and I pay my bills on time, and I'm organized, and I got here on time. And right, but this
2: is this is very exacting work that that requires very fine, meticulous fine, organizational.
5: Fine. What do you want me to say? I sorted diamonds in in the Netherlands by cut and clarity. I mean, what do you want me to say? That so was stupid. I'm sorry. But you know what it is? We waited too long. I'm sober again now. I'm nervous. Uh, It all burned off with the adrenaline. I need a little top-up, and um, just call me back in, like, 15, yeah?
2: All right, fine. I'll call you back in 15. Okay, bye. Who is this? It's Jonathan calling you back with the job interview. Oh, hi. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Ian, what would you describe as your, your most problematic areas? As an employee,
5: I'm not. I'm not aware of any problems. I mean, not. not... <sighs> all,
2: all, all right. All right. Fine. Um, uh... I have
5: to tell you. You know, thank God you're not running the archive because, truthfully, I wouldn't even take the job if you were running the archive. Hey. Hey, what? I am charm in a bottle, at a job interview. I'm gonna. I'm gonna prove it to you. I, I just need a little. Um, you. I need another drink. So you call me back and. You
2: see need me. another drink.
5: Shut up. <laughs> I am the best candidate and if you hire me I'll take you on a candy date. Sha it da sha da give me the job. Bye. Yep 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 yep. yep. <laughs> What you doing with all that junk? All that junk inside your trunk, my humps, my humps, my lovely lady humps. What else have you got in your trunk? I've got a jack in case you get a flat tire. A flat tire. A flat tire. My lovely. <laughs> you want a radio show? I'll pitch you a radio show.
2: We're not talking about a radio show.
5: Well, I can't change the subject.
2: Okay. King
5: uh, Jonathan.
2: All right, Ian. You, I'll tell you, you what a
5: what a what a what a radio show ought to be called wire crap. I'm sorry.
2: It's, it's okay, no, Ian. it's okay. Ian, I know you don't mean it.
5: I don't know what it is. I don't know why these things come out. Oh. I want to crack them out of me with a knife.
2: Oh, God. All right, Ian. <laughs> this job interview's over.
5: Did I get it?
2: Ian, just get some sleep, okay? And... I'm putting the tape of this conversation in the mail, and I want you to listen to it, okay?
5: I also have proficient French, and I can do a spreadsheet.
2: Hello?
3: Hello? Is this Mr. Jonathan?
2: Yes, th- uh, this is Jonathan speaking. I am the
3: friendship representative of Mr. Howard, and I'm calling from the ProStar call
2: center. When you say Mr. Howard, are you talking about Mr. Howard? Yes, pa- Howard Chakowitz. Yes, Mr. Howard. I'm not okay.
3: Right now, Mr. Howard has lots of other commitments. He's very busy and so he has simply hired me to be his friendship representative. So Howard is busy? Yes, Howard is very he's indisposed, sir.
2: Wait, 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 back up. And and, and where are you calling from?
3: The call center, ProStar.
2: Are you calling from a call center in India? Sir,
3: talk to me as you would to Mr. Howard. Okay? Very good. You know, Mr. John, I now eat only crackers, no bread, and I'm making a sandwich called the Howard Crackowicz Special.
2: Are you telling me that Howard outsourced his side of the friendship?
3: Yes, sir. But don't worry, I'm perfectly qualified.
2: Okay, I can't, I don't even, I can't even believe... Okay, look, I don't know what Howard has told you. Is
3: the first I, step it's denial.
2: Listen, I, I can't I have a mountain of paperwork and I really really don't have time for this but kind sir, of sir,
3: th- everyone has time for friends.
2: Right, right. That's very well put, but I'm I'm in the middle of writing a monologue, so what 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 is Howard so busy with that he's not able to make his annoying phone calls to me himself? That he had to farm it out.
3: Yes, Mister Howard said you might be a bit of a jerk, but wait, it is
2: to be expected. This it, is a- wait 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 wait. Hang on a second. What did he say? He 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 said that.
3: Yes, sir. That was a part of my training. I'm trained for this. Don't word, worry. That was
2: the word that Howard used. That he said he said a jerk.
3: That is correct.
2: Sir. Okay. Well, you know something. I'm I'm actually going to uh, give your boss a, a little call. Okay.
3: Well, thank you, sir. This is a friendship representative of Mr. Howard at the ProStar Call Center. We can fulfill all of your call needs, including customer service and computer operations. If you have any trouble, don't hesitate to call our toll-free number.
2: Okay, thank you. Have a nice day. Right, you too. Hello? Howard.
6: Yeah, hang on, hang on a sec. Divert power. Take it from the Dilithium matrix and put it to the shield. Howard. Attack. Patak! Attack.
2: Oh, Howard, my what father. are you doing?
6: I'm watching Star Trek.
2: This is crazy. This is what you were so busy with?
6: Hang on, hang on. Well done, Picard. You know Kirk, but you are a fine captain, sir. Now I must pause you for a moment.
2: Howard Computer Freeze Program
6: Yes, Jonathan.
2: What was that phone call that I just got? What are you talking about?
6: I'm in the middle of an interplanetary conversation.
2: You know very here, well what I'm talking about. You outsourced our friendship.
6: Well, John, it's important that we stay in touch. You know, I, I know I'm kind of, you know, a rock of Gibraltar for you. You know, I'm, I'm your anchor. And uh, Howard, this, this is a very busy period for me. You're busy and,
2: watching Star Trek.
6: And your point is, John, I've just received all seven seasons of Star Trek TNG.
2: What is TNG?
6: Oh, my God. The Next Generation. Card, data, Jordy, and this—this this is what was so important to you. We're talking about the fate of our planet. We're talking about optimism.
2: Howard, are you insane? I
6: think you're insane if you can't see the value of Star Trek.
2: Who is this woman? Do you, I mean, have you—have you, you even spoken to her? Is she doing a bad job? I mean, has she asked you about your drinking? Yes, she did ask me, about I found that actually very uh, unsettling.
6: My main focus was that she wouldn't foul our relationship, but honor our relationship.
2: What? But what relationship if I'm talking to a complete stranger?
6: But she's not a complete stranger. We've talked for a good 15, 20 minutes. i filled her in on everything. What I like to eat, what you like to drink. I, I don't like
2: drink. Listen, and, 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 that, and you feel like I you could...
6: I see you're getting angry. Okay, it's understandable. You're acting out. Okay, now you're acting out, I think, because you think that I'm going to abandon you. This is just temporary, okay? Daddy's watching Star Trek.
2: Howard, will you stop, stop talking to me like seasons. a child?
6: I'm trying to speak to you like an adult. One day when you're old enough, you'll see... Now, I have seven seasons of starched to get through. When that is over, then the lady from India will stop calling you, and I will be your friend again.
2: So let me get this straight. It's, it's, it's too much for one man to be you. I have a lot of responsibility right now. What, what, what are you, what are you yeah, talking about? Okay, anyway, anyway,
6: look, you shouldn't be calling me about this, okay? I'm paying someone for this.
2: Okay, you know what, Howard? If you want to start farming out friendships, two can play at that game.
6: What are you getting all testy just, for? You,
2: no, no, I'm just... Not, nothing. I'm just saying just wait. That's scary. Bye, how and, and do me a favor and live long and prosper.
3: Hello. I am the Friendship Representative of Mr. Howard, and I'm calling from the Pro Star Call Center. Can I speak to Mr. Jonathan, please? This is Mr. Jonathan's representative from the Star 1 call center. Mr. Jonathan has a representative? No, no. I want to speak to Mr. Jonathan only. No, no. I am Mr. Jonathan's representative. Well, I have a real problem. I'm not able to get Greek food. Mr. Nick is not delivering my Greek food anymore and it d- Well, why don't you just go to the restaurant and pick up the Greek food yourself? That is such a ridiculous proposal. If I leave my house, then who will watch the ultimate fighting that I'll miss Look, something, no? I am in the middle of writing an important monologue for my program on the radio. Desmond doesn't... I have a mountain of paperwork to do If you put the mountains of piles in the trash then you can sit here and listen to me But any kaise log hain jo humko paise dete hain aise baat karne ke liye Completely pagalगिरी hai yaar Greek food kyun khate hain Is for friendship ke liye bhi time nahi Indian food khana chahiye That's also there uh, I am I'm here all night and you know I'm tired in the day and I don't have time We should hire our own friendship representatives <laughs> But I can't afford it, yaar. Who can afford a friendship representative? I'm telling you how to do it. We should get them from Sri Lanka. The Indian ones are too expensive. Yeah, they work for less in
2: Sri
6: Lanka. Typewriter tip, 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 tip,
3: tip, karta hai. Typewriter tip, tip,
0: tip,
3: <inaudible> <inaudible>
0: On Wiretap today, you heard Gregor Ehrlich, Buzz and Dina Goldstein, David Rakoff, Gita Nadkarni, Howard Chakowitz, and Rashi Kilnani. Wiretap is produced by Jonathan Goldstein with Mira Bertwintonik and Carolyn Warren. Production assistance from Crystal Duhame. Tune into Wiretap Sunday at 1, 4 Pacific Time, and Wednesday evening at 11.30. You can also listen to past episodes online, anytime, at cbc.ca slash wiretap. And while you're there, be sure to watch the brand new trailer for Wiretap Season 6. Also, why not download the latest Wiretap ringtone?
5: What you do with all that junk, all that junk inside your trunk? My humps, my humps, my lovely lady humps.
0: A reminder to cherish that junk inside your trunk with every ring of your phone.
3: What you gonna do with all that junk? All that junk inside your trunk? I'm gonna get, 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 get you drunk. Get you love drunk off my hump. My hump, my hump. My hump, my hump, my hump. My hump, my hump, my hump. My lovely little lumps. Check it out. I drop these fuckers crazy.
5: What's you doing with all that junk? All that junk inside your trunk. That junk. Going to the landfill. We're all just going a chunk in garbage. I don't even know anymore.